Welcome, church. So good to be with you this morning. Uh, for those that don't know me, my name is Murray. Um, if you don't know me, I really like to be invited out for lunch today. Thank you, Kieran. I'm looking for someone to take me. That would be great. I have two children as well that are hungry. And I've got a golden cocker spaniel that has no dog food at home as well. So please, we're welcome to go out for lunch today. So good to be here with you. Uh, if you have your Bibles, I'd love you to turn to uh, Isaiah chapter 54, verse 3. Isaiah 54, verse 3. And as you're turning there, because I'm going to say this a, a number of times today, let me just begin by reading. Verse 1. Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labour. Because more are the children of a desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your, de your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in desolate cities. Why don't we pray? Father God, I just want to thank you that we can gather together. I thank you when two or three are gathered, you are here in our midst. And Lord, as we come around this word, I just pray that the word that you've put in my heart and my spirit, help me to communicate it today, that people would hear your words and not mine. I just pray, Lord God, over the next 15, 20 minutes, Lord God, we open our hearts, we open our minds, and we say, speak to us, Lord. We have this opportunity right now, Lord, and we give it over to you. So do what only you can do. I pray people that have come here with need, people that have come here to hear a word from you, I pray right now that, Lord, that they would hear from you and walk away changed. We give this opportunity for you to move this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a bit of a different message for me. Um, it's not using my style that I like to bring, but this, this scripture has been going around my head and my heart for probably about last five months. I've actually shared it with some of the leaders in, in the City PM. We talked about it at the start of the year and I thought it was a great platform for us to launch into a new season for us. But as the year has gone on and particularly uh, when Kate asked me to come and share the word this Sunday morning, this scripture has not left my head, has not left my heart. It's in the songs that I'm, I'm listening to on the radio and I feel it is a word for now for our church. Not only is it a word for now, the season that we're in, but it's also a word for individuals here today. Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy. You who had never been in labour, because more are the children of the desolate woman than those who had a husband, says the Lord. Now, if we're going to look at this in context, it's the prophet Isaiah actually speaking about the holy city of Jerusalem. And I'm not going to go too much into detail about it. If you want to look into that area of it, I encourage you to go home and do some research around Isaiah 54. But it talks about how the Israelites were in exile and Jerusalem was like a barren woman crying out, saying, Sing, it's time to come home. Sing, it's time for a new season. Sing. It's time. And then it goes on and he says, enlarge the place of your tent. It's going to grow. It's going to expand. In fact, spread out your tent posts. Stretch out your tents. 
It's no longer just going to be the same, but there is a new, new song that's rising. There are new people that are going to get at it. It's time to stretch. And these are the words that have been ringing around my head and my heart, and I can't shake it. And when I read about the prophet Isaiah, when he shares about Jerusalem, it got me thinking about the Israelites as they were slaves in Egypt. And then Moses, and we talked a lot about Joshua and Moses this morning. Moses leads the Israelites out of slavery into the promised land, and yet they're in this desert, a barren place, a place that is lifeless, a place where there is no fruit that is bearing because the desert lacks water. The desert lacks rain. It lacks shelter. It's a barren, dry place. And I'm thinking about these Israelites for 40 years in the desert and they have not even seen Jerusalem because that time has not yet come. But all they have is a promise of Jerusalem, a a promise of their place where they can put their roots down, where they can have an inheritance for their children and their children's children. Sing, O barren woman, Isaiah says. They wandered around the desert for 40 years without even seeing the physical presence of a city. But they were God's chosen people. I love when God speaks, particularly through the Old Testament, because he sets up patterns and principles that go all the way through the New Testament as well. And we can apply it to our own life. I want to share a few patterns today that I've picked up as I've done a bit of research around this and and just reading about the Israelites in the desert in that season and the time. The first one is this, is sing. Can anyone sing here? I definitely can't. Would you like me to try? Sing. Sing, O barren woman, you who bear no child. Burst into song. Shout for joy. You who have never been in labour. What does the dictionary describe the word as barren? It's this, unable to have a child or a young animal, unable to produce a plant or bear fruit. It's barren. The Israelites had a promise to go into the promised land, to be strong and courageous, to take what God had promised them, that yet they're stuck in the middle somewhere, in a barren land, lifeless, bears no fruit. But this is what happens in this season that they're in where, because you've got to think about it, they've, they've come out of slavery. They work their butts off. They come in to, to, to cross to, into the desert, into the, but they still haven't seen the promised land. And they're wandering around the wilderness for 40, 40 years. 40 years. Disheartening. Heartbroken. They can't put their roots down. They can't build houses. Everywhere they looked, it was barren. How hard that must have been. If it was me, I'd want to give up. They were like gypsies wandering around, nowhere to put their roots down. But yet the only thing that held them was the promise that God had given them about the promised land. In the middle of their barrenness, in the middle of the desert, There's one thing that they did that stood out, which is a principle that I've lived my life by. And it's found in Exodus chapter 15, verse 1. 
Moses said to the Israelites, Moses said, sorry, let me start again. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing of the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both the horse and the rider, they were hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defence. He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him. My Father God, I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his armies were hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers were drowned in the Red Sea. The deep water covered them and they sank to the depths of the sea like a stone. What an encouraging song that they were singing. They sang a song in the midst of the barrenness, in the midst of their season where nothing seemed to be going to plan. But yet they sang a song about what God did for them before and who God is still to today. 40 years, they sing this song. It was passed on to the next generation, to the children that were born in the barrenness, in the state of the desert, grew up hearing the songs of, of what God did for his people. You know, a song is like a testimony that builds faith and breeds hope. When we forget, when we, all we can see is the situation that we're in in life, whether your world is crumbling, whether you're in a broken home, whether you're struggling with sickness, whether you don't have a job, whether you don't know how you're going to pay those bills, when we can't see a way out in our barrenness, in our brokenness, in our lifeless state, there's always a song of how good God is and what He's done in the past and what He's doing now and who He is right now. Because my God is the same yesterday, today and forever. He never changed. And when Moses got the Israelites together, they proclaimed who was. It wasn't just a nice song. They were declaring who God was and what He did for them. And He still is a great God, even in the midst of their desert and their barrenness. When I was 16 years of age, I was at a youth group and we had an event on for New Year's Eve. And we were at someone's house and then we travelled to another person's house at 11 o'clock at night to celebrate New Year's Eve. But there was this guy, his name was Daniel and he never showed up. He was about 21, 22 years of age. He was my best mate's older brother. But he never showed up for the night and we didn't think anything of it. We just thought he was going out with his mates into the city somewhere. The next morning, we all went into the church because we had an event on, only to hear the news that my best mate, his brother was in a car accident. He was going down the freeway. He hit something, hit a pole, the car split in two. It was uh, separated in two sections over 100 metres apart. He was in intensive care. His legs were just totally crushed. It didn't even look like he was going to survive. Best case scenario, that had to amputate his legs. Heidi, which my, my mate's sister as well, she was uh, sister to the guy that was in the car accident. I never forget she came in and bawling her eyes out, weeping in church and, and we thought, do we cancel what we plan to do today? What do we do? And we're all discussing it between one another and then we, we turned around and said, where's Heidi? In the midst of a barrenness, in the midst of this dire situation where nothing looked like it was going to be positive whatsoever, we find Heidi in the back of the church on the piano playing and worshipping God. 
She began to lift her voice in incredible singing and started bringing praise to God for who he was. You see, Heidi had this song that was already within her. And regardless of the situation and the circumstances that she was about to face, there was a song that rose up in Heidi that day that I will never, ever forget. And she taught me at the age of 16, regardless of the circumstances, whatever I face in life, regardless of what I go through, there is always a song to sing. Moses knew that. Joshua knew that. The horse and the rider were hurled into the sea. There's another story that I love in the Bible. It's my favourite story in the whole Bible and it's the woman with the issue of blood. She'd been bleeding for 12 years. She went to every doctor that she could find. She spent all the money she had to try and get help but yet they could do nothing for her. She kept bleeding. Now what you don't understand is the culture of the time when a woman at that time of month was bleeding, she had to isolate herself from the rest of the community. She was classed as unclean in the culture of the time and she had to be separated until that time had passed and then she was welcomed back into the community. This poor woman was bleeding for 12 years. We think it's just okay, she can still get on with regular. No, she was isolated. Now, I wasn't there and I don't know the full extent around it, but I wonder if she even had any type of physical touch in terms of a hug from somebody for 12 years. Whether she got to spend time with her children, whatever it was, she was in a desolate place. She was in a barren place. She was in a desert. But the thing I love about this story is this. It's found in Mark chapter 5, verse 25. A woman in the crowd that had been suffering for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had spent a great deal of money on many doctors and over the years she spent everything she had to pay them but she still did not get better. In fact, she got worse. She heard about Jesus and she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his robe for she thought to herself, if only I can touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped. And she felt that her body had been made whole and healed from this terrible condition. She was in isolation. She was separated from the community. Why is this story so important? And what's it got to do with my message today? It's found in this one verse in chapter, verse 27. But when she heard about Jesus, when she heard, They didn't have the internet. They didn't have telephones. They didn't have text messages. This woman that has been isolated, separated from the rest of the community, all of a sudden, who, by the way, is not a Christian because Christ had not died on the cross yet. She might have been a religious person, but she still didn't fully know the extent of who Jesus was. But a story that got passed from travelling people or someone got healed that Jesus performed a miracle. He spat in the mud and rubbed rubbed and made mud and and put it in the eyes of a man that was blind. He gets healed. The story spread and a song began to rise. It might not have been a melody, but the song was a word of testimony that changed this woman's life forever because she heard the song. It built faith. It brought hope. 
I was with out to dinner last night and afterwards I went out with a gentleman who's a friend I've known for years who just lost his wife, 44 years of marriage. And I didn't know how I was going to go with him. I didn't know what the conversation was going to be like four months ago. And he just started talking about God. In the midst of his barrenness, in the midst of his pain, in the midst of his desert, he starts crying, goes, I miss my wife, but gee, God is good. He's faithful. Talked about the testimonies, how God had had used him and his wife to bring healing to many people. He told me they've set up an organisation, a charity. I had no idea he kept it under the wraps. They're housing 190 young women at the moment. But there's a song in this man. He might be broken. He might be barren. But he still sings a song. So moving quickly, in the desert, when it says, sing, O barren woman, from a song turns to a stretch. Isaiah 54 verse 2, it says, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will stretch out to the right and to the left. Stretch, the word stretch means being able or capable of being made longer or wider without tearing or breaking. Stretch. Everyone say stretch. Oh, come on, give it to me. Stretch it a bit, guys. Stretch. Stretch. Better. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate your support there. If there was a man in the midst of the Israelites in the desert that had to stretch, his name was Joshua. And we've read the scripture and It's been said throughout the service today, be strong and courageous. But it says in Joshua chapter 1, after the death of Moses, this was the guy that led them into the desert towards the promised land. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, my servant Moses is dead. Therefore, The time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan, out of the desert, out of the barrenness, out of their dry place, over the Jordan River to the land I'm giving them. I will promise you what I have promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, I have given the land over to you. You see, after the song, they still found themselves in a barren land. They still had to take possession of what God had promised. You know, they might not have been where they wanted to be. They might not have been in the promise, but they were comfortable. Because my Bible says that every day they would get manna from heaven and their food was provided. You know, sometimes we could have a hope or a dream in our life, maybe for your family, maybe for your career, maybe something you want to do for God, maybe you want to travel the world, whatever it is. Sometimes it's hard to lose, sometimes it's easy to lose sight of that promise when you're comfortable and have everything you need. There's no way it, took, it needed to take 40 years for the Israelites to, to make the journey to the promised land. I probably need to ask Kathy how long it should have taken. How, how long should have it taken if they walk from one place to the other? Do you know, Kathy? A couple of weeks. Thank you. 
40 years, they were comfortable. How comfortable are you? What are you willing to give up to keep your comfort? What are you willing to not risk to keep your comfort? They had to transition from being slaves to free people in the desert and then from free people in the desert to be stretched to warriors and fighting men and women. In fact, Moses sent these spies in to spy out the land because Moses was given the promise from God. He never lost his sight on it. He never stopped looking. He kept, he could see it every time he closed his eyes. He could almost taste the land of milk and honey because it was so strong in his heart and his vision. He sends the spies in to check out the land. Free men and women who were once slaves. And they come back and and some of the spies say this, the land is full of giants. There's military armies. It cannot be done. But there was two other spies by the name of Joshua and Caleb. And when they went and saw the same things that the other spies saw, they looked through eyes of promise. They saw what was promised to them. They saw a land flowing with milk and honey. A land that should be theirs. And something happened with these two men that caused them from being free men and stretching them to seeing the promise that God had for them. Stretched without tearing. Lengthened the stakes. What was so different about Joshua and Caleb? Why on earth would Joshua see something different to these other spies? And I believe it's found here as I'm slowly coming to a conclusion and wrapping up. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 7, it says this. This is when Moses was still alive. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And when Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrance of their tents watching Moses until he entered the tents. There's that word again, by the way, tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke to Moses. Whenever whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance of their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend and then Moses would return to the camp. And here's the key. But his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Moses was a man of promise. Moses was the man that got the direction from God of where to go and what to do. The Israelites didn't get a personal invitation from God, but God spoke through Moses. And he carried that promise. He kept that vision within his heart. And he had this tent, but the tent was not a one-man tent. It wasn't a hiking tent. There was room for another. And he welcomed Joshua into it. Joshua rubbed shoulders with the man of promise. Not only was Joshua someone that learned to sing in the barrenness, but he got to hang with a man that got the promise who had the vision, that could see what God was doing. And he became a pillar 
in Moses' tent. In fact, as it was time to spread out and take over and cross over to the promised land, if we look at it in the scenario of a tent, Joshua was holding one of the poles. He stretched because he was around a man of promise that God had already spoken to. You know, it's easier to set up a tent sometimes if it's a one-man tent, but if anyone's ever gone on a camping trip with an eight-man tent, tell me, have you set it up on your own? It's always easier when there's more. I remember getting the kids together once we had this massive tent with three rooms and I used to get angry because it was all falling apart and the wind was coming. I just wanted to get in there. I put one kid down, one end, one down. You know what they did? They did one of two things. They held the pole until I could stretch the tarp over the top. And once we did that, we would say, pull, pull it, stretch it, get that peg, hammer it and get the rope and tighten it, stretch it. And I remember my son going, Dad, it's going to tear. It's not going to tear, son. Because that's what tents are made to do, to stretch. And it's a lot easier when there's twos, threes, four, tens, twenties, hundreds, thousands stretching the tent, what God is calling us to do. We need to go from being slaves to free people in Christ to becoming warriors and disciples. God didn't just come to this world to save it. In fact, he says, go into all the world and make disciples. Salvation is just a part of the bigger picture. Find someone that not just sings. Find someone that bears the promise, who has faith. Uh, My late wife, uh, she always said, I can talk about this now because she's not here. Uh, She always had these scenarios with underpants. And the first time I met her, I remember we went out one night. We were out to like 10, 11 o'clock or it might have been later, but it was late and she had an early thing in the morning. So she came home and she had a pair of jeans on. She just ripped her jeans off. I wasn't there. She told the story, by the way. And it jumped straight into bed and then her alarm went off and it felt like she didn't have any sleep and she had to get a car to the mechanic. So she jumped out of bed, put her jeans from the night before back on and runs to the mechanic, drops the car off. And when she got there, she's talking and then all the mechanic men are come out of the shop and they're just standing like this, looking. And she couldn't work out what was going on. And she's talking to the head mechanic because she had some issues with the car. And she goes, excuse me, ma'am. She goes, yeah, do you realise you have a pair of underpants hanging at the bottom of your jeans? And she had her underpants from the night before hanging at the bottom of her jeans. And from that moment, she never stopped talking about underpants. Now, we had two children, Jacob and Olivia, who uh, my daughter is now 19. But uh, Adele had a sister who had younger, younger daughters as well, probably five years behind Olivia. And I never forget that the sister would ring up and say, I'm struggling. I can't raise these girls. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. She was saying, I'm barren. I've got nowhere to turn. They're driving me nuts. All this stuff is going on. And Adele would say this. Ness, put your big girl undies on. It's time to suck it up. And what she was trying to say is it's time to stretch. You can no longer be the person you are. You have a responsibility to raise these kids and you can either 
Live in that place of barrenness and desert and stay where you are or you can stretch and rise to be the mum that's already in you because tents are made to be stretched. There are people in this room that are nowhere near operating at their capacity because you have not put yourself in a position to be stretched, self-included. Stretch. I'm going to sing, O barren woman. There's a song to be that comes and from the song is the stretch and finally from the stretch to the praise. There's too much to to read and I've run out of time, but I'll close with this one verse. God speaks to Joshua. He says this, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from this place and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord your God, and the priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. You see, when we're in a place of barrenness and we let a song rise and that song leads us to a stretch, where do we go? How do we still possess the promise that God is calling us? Because we've never been this way before. The Israelites had never been this way before. And God gives Joshua this simple instruction, not about the full blueprint picture of how to take possession. He says, just follow the Ark of the Covenant. Follow the Word, follow the presence of God, and I will show you which way to go. Sometimes with God, we look for the big picture, but as simple as just do the next thing He tells you to do and follow Him. A little bit longer, a little bit further down that track, they get to the walls of Jericho. And he gives them another instruction to march around the walls for six days. On the seventh day, march around seven times. And on the last time, blow the chauffeur, which is a symbol of warfare and a symbol of praise. And as they did that, the walls came down. They went from slaves to free people to warriors. And it came from a song. It came from being stretched And it came from praise. Would you stand with me this morning, please, as I I close? My apologies if I've gone over time. How do we apply this to our life? Allow a song to rise in your barrenness and your place where you've given up. Read the Word. Listen to what God is is still doing. I listen to testimony after testimony. If I hear God telling, hearing, if I hear God has been doing something, you can't shut me up. I'm telling people about it everywhere I go. Talk about what He's doing. Step out of your comfort zone and put yourself in a position of stretching. If you're comfortable, find someone who is a person of promise that steps out in faith and go and hold their tent peg. Finally, always allowed His Word and His presence to go before you and let praise be on your lips.
I just sense as I brought this word, it might, for some people, might mean absolutely nothing and that's fine. Someone might have spoken to you personally, but I honestly believe that God's hand is on this church at this time in this city and He's wanting to stretch us. He's wanting to cross us over the Jordan to go to the promised land. And for that to take place, there's some change that might need to take place in some of our lives where we're used to just being comfortable and and forgetting about the promises that God has called us to live up to and to chase after. And that word might be for you today. Why don't you just close your eyes and I'd love to close in prayer. Father, I thank you for this scripture. Sing, O barren woman, you who bear no child. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out your tent curtains wide, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and the left. Lord, I just pray as I speak this word, I speak it into the life of this church. I speak it into the atmosphere of this church that it is time to sing a new song, to sing in our barrenness, to sing in our place where it just seems dry. Lord, we meet here in the University of Canberra, Lord God, where there's thousands of people that don't know You. A dry, barren place. Father, but we sing that of who You are, of what You did on the cross 2,000 years ago, that You died not just for us, but for all, including the people in this university, in our workplaces, in our families. I just pray a new song would begin to rise. Help us to stretch. Help us to find those people, God, that, Lord, that are already stepping out in faith, that we can come alongside them and and build with them and, and do life with them, Lord, that we would grow and be the people that You've called us to be. You know, you might be here today and you might say, Murray, this word was exactly what I needed to hear. I'm one of those people that just need to sing. I'm one of those people that need to stretch. I'm one of those people that need to start to live out the promises in my life. While every eye is closed, why don't you just take a moment just to pray. Talk to God in your own way. Ask Him to do a work in your life and seal this word in your heart today. We just give you space to move right now, Lord. Have your way. As I was putting this message together, I I don't mean to embarrass anyone, but um, I'm going to hand the microphone back to Kieran right now. In fact, why don't you come, Kieran, if you're here still, if you're not with your bub. Kieran here. He's on, he's out. (laughs) Okay, cool. I had a word for Kieran this morning. I'm going to hand it back to Kev and he can lead us in a song or you want to close. What would you like to do? Because Kieran just mucked my whole schedule up. Can someone run and grab Kieran, as I, if that's okay? I'm thinking what I want for lunch today. Yes.
sing, stretch, praise, sing, stretch, praise. close it there then. I don't think he's coming. He's coming. I think we all need to cheer as soon as he walks in that door. All right, I'll tell you when. He's not coming. This word better be good. <laughs> Kieran. How's the weather? Beautiful. Oh my goodness, Karen. Yeah. I'll share a quick story. Yeah. It's about time. <laughs> We've been waiting for you, man. We wanted to close the service 20 minutes ago. Kieran, we, you just missed the most incredible message I think I've ever preached. <laughs> uh, I'm going to hand it back to you because I want you to close the service in prayer, Kieran. But um, I don't know what you did here, but the whole time I was putting the message together, and even before, God was speaking to me about you. And I actually have really enjoyed starting to get to know who you are this last little season. And I see you as a brother and I just really look forward to the relationship to continue to grow. But this is what I felt the Lord say in the season you were in. And it's good for the people to hear this because this is not just a word for you, but there's many people in this room that are going through similar things. But I see you as an awesome leader. See you as an awesome father, awesome husband. But I feel like you're in a season of stretching. And I think you know what I'm talking about because you've got a new bub. You're leading a gathering. You're working full time. You're the provider for your household. You're probably tired and exhausted, but you just got to keep running and keep going because that's your role and that's your responsibility. And I feel like in this season that God, that God is allowing this stretching to take place because He is enlarging the person that you are. And I see capacity growing within you and God is using this season. And in fact, I actually see you stretching your tent out further. And I know you're thinking, God, I just want to slow down. I want to, I want to release a little bit. I want people to do this. I'm, I'm happy if people leave the church to go do other things, you know, other gatherings. But I feel like I feel like the Lord saying, nah, sorry, mate. He's stretching you because he's stretching out your tank curtains wide. And the reasons why he's doing it because he trusts you. You've got good character. And he's stretching you because he knows you're not going to tear and you're not going to break. And I feel like your tent is about to spread out beyond this gathering and that you're going to start to cover more people and you are going to be a refuge for many people that are stepping into ministry who just need someone to come alongside, to, to come alongside you, to hold your poles because you are a man of promise. You're a man of faith. You're a man that, that knows how to chase after the things of God. And I feel like he is stretching you. 
And I said that to say this as well. There are people in this room that need to come alongside this man and hold his pulse to help stretch him and and stand with him. Because that is where you will find your breakthrough. That is where you will stretch when you will walk with the man of promise. Because he'll be able to speak into your life the godly words that you need to hear. Because he is a good man. It's about the stretching as we grow together as a gathering, as God's kingdom, as God's church. He's wanting to stretch divergent. And none of us should sit on the sidelines. We need to become a part of the stretch. And I want to honour you today, Kieran, and I want to pray with you and then I'm going to hand it back. I've gone way too long. Why don't we stretch our hands out towards Kieran? You shouldn't have been late, mate. Father, Sing, stretch, praise. I feel that's the words that God is hammering into your heart today, mate. Sing, stretch, praise. There's a new song that's going to rise from you, man. And it's going to be in your barrenness when you're exhausted, where you've got nothing else to give and you turn to God and this new song is going to rise and people are going to be looking to you even to get on stage some Sundays to preach and you have nothing left to give. But I feel God is putting a new song in your life and you say, I have nothing, but this is the song that I have, that God is good and His love endures forever. There's a new song rising in you, Kieran. There's a new stretch that's taking place. Don't run from it, embrace it. Embrace the pain, embrace the hurt because God is in it. So Father, I just pray for your anointing and your grace to carry this word that you're speaking over Kieran today. Strengthen his stakes, put people around him. Lord God, that will help take him to the next level, that will help support him. I thank you for the fruit that's going to come out of a barren, dry place because you are faithful. And you are good. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, We should always test prophecy. And I can just say that I literally said to Sammy last night, and I'll admit I was crying at the time, I think he's just stretching me. So um, thank you, Murray, for your faithfulness. Um, Lord, we thank you that it is your will to make us like your son, that you... Stretch us, you refine us. And God, you are so faithful in that process. And so, Lord, I pray for all of us that we would have a song to sing to you of praise and worship of your goodness, that we would not doubt you, God, when we are struggling, when we cannot see, but we would trust in your character, that you are loving, that you are kind, that you are patient, that you are merciful that you are gracious, Lord, and you are powerful. And so, God, we trust you again this morning. And I pray for every person here that uh, you would help them in those dark times, Lord, that they would call upon your name and they would not lose hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you, everyone. Uh, What an eventful morning. I was just trying to settle Lola to sleep. And um, I thought there was an emergency because I had like a few people like, Kieran! I'm like, oh no, like what's going on? But yeah, thanks for that. Bless you, bless your week. Thank you so much for being here. And um, as I said, when I was announcing the announcements, um, 
Go out for lunch with someone, encourage someone, share your testimony with someone. And if you're new, we'd love to connect with you. Yeah, be the church. Bless you guys.